0: just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle,
1: you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality.
0: Welcome to Life Today Live, some technical issues. We're a little late uh, live, but most of you are watching the replay, so that's good. What is a woman? That is a question, and hat tip to Matt Walsh for asking that question. You know, we have a Supreme Court justice who has asked that question and can't even answer because uh, she says she's not a biologist. Does it take a biologist to know what a woman is? And I know for most of you out there, you're like, this is so ridiculous. I don't even know know how to respond to this question. Uh, I mean, I was in Burundi less than a month ago, and let me tell you, they don't have the education that we have typically. Uh, They know what a woman is. (laughs) Is it really that hard? But We're going to have a conversation today with a doctor, not a medical doctor, but it doesn't even take any kind of doc to know what a woman is, but she has a PhD. Uh, She also has a book called To Be a Woman. And, you know, sometimes I think when uh, something's broken, you got to take it back to the one who made it, you know, when, we, when our equipment breaks, we, we take it to Sony or somebody, right? Well, maybe we need to take this whole idea back to the one who made a woman in the first place and let him straighten us out. So we're going to have some fun today. Uh, but also, I think it'll help you in dealing with really some of this craziness because the damage that's being done is real uh, and it's heartbreaking. So glad you're a part of the conversation today. If you're watching us live, if you're watching us in the replay, we always appreciate your kind comments you can even disagree just be nice about it Uh, my guest today is katie mccoy uh and katie great to have you i'm glad we got the the zoom situation worked out so we can have this conversation
1: yes thank you thank you for having me
0: so i'm guessing that you wrote this book because it's a like it's just a weird conversation. i can't even believe we're having this discussion but how how real is this uh in I mean, I know it's real in the culture, even in the church. I mean, what what are you seeing out there?
1: Yeah, there is widespread cultural confusion, and people are asking some of these core questions of what it means not only to be a woman, but to be human. And people are asking these questions with little more than their feelings to guide them. So much of what we're seeing is the overflow of a lot of ideas that have been percolating for a long time, several decades, really. And combine that with being in a post-Christian culture, one in which people like ideas influenced by Christianity, like kindness to strangers or equality for all, but they certainly don't want any of Christianity's claims and now we have the idea that your identity is completely self-determined and self-made and that no other influence in your life not even your body has the authority to tell you who you are just your inner self and your feelings have that authority
0: well you know i'm some i hear conservatives sort of mocking this idea by saying well you know i i feel like a a cat or, or i feel like a tree I mean how different really is is that idea of i can identify as anything if i can identify as a, if me as a man could identify as a woman i mean is it, the, is it that crazy or is there something a little more reasonable going on
1: so there actually are people who would say that they identify as a cat <laughs> or they they find that their gender identity can't even be limited to human
0: I, category i've, I've been I was at a hotel last year, right, a week ago, like right at a year last year, and they had a convention of uh, furries. Yes. So I and I, I thought it was a mascot convention for colleges or something, <laughs> and then right. I realized, right. no, it's a lot weirder than that. And I, I didn't have enough conversation to see if any of them came outright and identified as an animal, but there were some things said to me, in, like in the elevator, that I was like, something really weird is going on. And it really, it's just so detached from reality that, again, I, I almost even don't know how to respond other than to kind of laugh. I mean, how, do, how should we respond to this thing?
1: So the the larger question is the relationship between our body and ourselves. Hmm. And this is what our culture is asking. And as new as it is, and we have a lot of different terms and technology that are very new, like in the last decade or so, it's actually very old. And the early church responded to uh, an entire heresy called Gnosticism. And this whole heresy essentially said that true salvation is an out-of-body experience, something that is an internal experience exclusively, and it will help you escape your body, will help you escape the physical world. And that's what salvation really is. It's an escape from your physical self. Hmm. Fast forward now, 2,000 years later, we are seeing essentially the same ideas, but repackaged now and centered on sex and gender. That true fulfillment, salvation, redemption is an out-of-body experience, one in which we can escape our physical selves. And so many people are struggling with these deep uh, senses of incongruity. And in many cases, they are symptomatic of a lot of different issues. Those can be uh, issues dealing with relational things. It can be past trauma. Um, or it can simply be the confusion of puberty. You know, now people say, if you're not enjoying puberty as a male or a female, there must be something wrong with you. It's like, who enjoyed puberty? It was it was traumatic for all of us at some point, but it's part of growing up. And now people are essentially pathologizing the human experience and saying, we need to medicate it away. Um, not even the body can tell someone who they are. If they feel like they are something different than their body, then that must be true.
0: Again, it just seems, I never thought of it as Gnosticism for one. That's an interesting uh, observation, but it does seem so ridiculous, frankly, that I, I think a lot of people really don't even know what to say or, or how to deal with it, which is, which is not good. How do we equip Christians to, uh, to have an intelligent and compassionate conversation, mm-hmm. because it's the easiest thing in the world just to mock it or to write it off as Romans one, you know, upside down view of, of the world. Uh, and and then frankly, just condemn it. Uh, and, but I know mm-hmm. that that's not the right path either. How do we have a helpful conversation around this?
1: It's a great question. So the first thing we need to recognize is gender dysphoria has been around for centuries. Mm. Gender dysphoria is the feeling, it's a psychological condition in which your sense of whether you are a man or a woman is disconnected from your biological self. Mm. We see evidence, evidence of this back to the Roman Empire, and even earlier. Mm -hmm. So that is nothing new. What is new is that we have a culture that elevates sex and gender identity as the most important thing about who you are. This is the defining aspect of your humanity. Mm -hmm. Couple that with the extreme individualism that we have, especially in American culture. Mm -hmm. And it creates a culture that says, that any expectation or outside authority, like uh, family or religion or even societal norms, that that must be trying to squeeze you into an inauthentic way of living. Much of what we are responding to, it isn't just gender confusion. It's the gender confusion that is the overflow of significant and pervasive ideas that have been affecting our society for so long. So much of what we have to do today is we cannot afford to sit on the sidelines. We cannot afford not to engage the ideas of our culture. Gone are the days when we can afford to be effective witnesses without being competent philosophers. That might sound intimidating, but it shouldn't intimidating to us because we are coming at this issue like every other issue affecting humanity from the perspective of a worldview. And that worldview tells people God created you in love down to the 23rd chromosome in your mother's womb. You were created intentionally male or female. And until you are in right relationship with the one who made you male or female, you will never understand what it means to be a man or a woman, either within yourself or in relationship to other people?
0: Theological question for you, because I get this one thrown at me on social media sometimes. um, And I'm like, wow, okay, you talk about taking Scripture out of context. It's like, it almost feels like, like Satan using Scripture to tempt Jesus. But they throw back the, hey, in Christ there is no male or female. Why is that just way off?
1: So that verse is Galatians 3.28 in which Paul is saying there is neither male nor female, Jew or Greek, slave or free, for you are all one in Christ. That is referring to our identity as God's children meaning that there are no tiers or classes or hierarchies of Christians the Jew is not greater than the Gentile the male is not greater than the female the free person is not greater than the slave this is talking about how the salvation of Christ is equal in all to all of us regardless of the social gender or economic, places that we have in society, it doesn't mean that there is an abolishing of those things. For instance, if there was an abolishing of those things, then why in heaven do we hear about the nations? Hmm. If we hear Hmm. about the nations, in heaven. That means that there must still be ethnicities in existence. In other words, to be one in Christ does not negate or do away with the uniqueness and the aspects of our humanity that he created us to have. What Paul was talking about was our equality in salvation. It does not mean that there are no differences between male or female or different uh, uh, ethnicity. Or different uh, places yep. in culture. Yeah. So, yeah. really, Paul was upending all of the ways that people categorize and think about themselves and saying, you are all at this level in the Lord Jesus, all the same, all the same in terms of equality of salvation. But that sameness in salvation does not uh, negate the differences that we have within humanity. Differences, by the way, especially in gender and ethnicity that God created and delights in.
0: Intr- that's very interesting. I mean, it's, it's re- Christianity, though exclusive in that Christ is the only way, is actually probably the most inclusive religion in that it says everybody comes equally, and you rich yes. men are no greater than the poor man. You know, you master no greater than the slave male, and especially in the culture in which Paul wrote. Uh, women mm-hmm. were very much second-class citizens, uh, and so yeah. that, that's actually, it's a very interesting observation. It doesn't negate uh, what god created which is which is critical because it gets real confusing i have a question for you um you do you deal with this strictly on the ideological or have you dealt with a lot of people that are going through real gender dysphoria or even maybe just cultural pressure uh, that that manifests as gender dysphoria
1: So my personal experience in ministry has been taking all of the information, all of the research and distilling it for the person in the pew, so to speak. Mm. So uh, mainly what I have dealt with are the moms and the ministers Mm. who are seeing this happening in their world and their families and their communities and saying, what do we do? How do we understand this? And I'll tell people, I'm like, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist. When it comes to those points, that is that is the limit of the point at which I could serve you. But what I can do is go down the rabbit hole. In fact, I tell a group of mothers, you don't have time to go down the rabbit hole, but I do, and I can. And I can bring it all to you to say, this is what your teenage daughter is encountering at her public school. Mm. This is what the students in your student ministry are hearing when they go on social media. And what I hope To Be A Woman does is kind of a one-stop shop for the Christian who is looking around at the world saying, how did we get here Mm. and what do we need to do? How in the world do we reach a generation when the simple statements of to be female makes you a woman is considered bigoted, hateful, and oppressive. How do we bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to a culture that is so rejecting um, all absolute truth, even the absolute truths of their own bodies?
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to show people, uh, well, your book, For One, To Be a Woman. This is available now uh, by Katie McCoy. And her website is, <laughs> I want to let you explain this. Her website is blondeorthodoxy.com dot com looks just like this, uh, and that's—I mean, when I saw that one, I kind of laughed. Um, what what is what does that mean?
1: I, Blonde Orthodoxy is just my shtick. Okay, it's just kind of <laughs> my name. Uh, I just kind of came up with it and thought, you know, if I if I had a, a moniker or something that that people would remember, and, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what happens—is people laugh and they don't forget it, and. So Blonde Orthodoxy, you can find me at BlondeOrthodoxy.com, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: Okay, so if you want to follow up there, you can. See, uh, you know, it worked. You have a mar- good marketing head on your shoulders as well. Uh, he, are you, you You mentioned talking to, to pastors, youth directors, parents uh, in churches. How much of this are you seeing in the church?
1: I'm finding that wherever there is social media, this has really that community. Urban churches, rural churches, out in the middle of nowhere um, in West Texas. I'm finding that people are talking about this either directly in their families or in the school system. So this is not something that we can sit out and put our heads in the sand. It's here. Wherever you have someone under 25 on social media, they are finding these messages.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. Even you know, my fairly conservative school district that all my kids went to and graduated from they are being sued by the ACLU right now over this kind of thing right now. So it's, there's a lot of forces at work. Um, I don't, yeah. won't pretend to understand all the motivation. Much of it is ideological. I think there's some financial, uh, input as well. Uh, and it's, it, what do you think the ultimate goal of this gender confusion is? Because I, I, I don't want to be, you know, conspiracy theorist type, but it just looks like they're trying to destroy people and countries and states and cities. Do you have any any insight into that? It's a loaded question.
1: There's a lot to that question, and it's a very important one. Mm-hmm. I do talk about the ideas and philosophies that have created the moment that we're in in my book, To Be a Woman. But one thing to keep in mind: uh, let me give you kind of the elements, and then the big, sp- the big picture spiritually. We cannot talk about this without talking about political ideologies. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, this has become a partisan issue because one side of the political aisle is saying one narrative and the other is saying the opposite narrative. This shouldn't be a partisan issue. Yeah. Getting to the heart of what of mental health for teenagers and young adults and what they need shouldn't be a partisan issue. The fact that countries even more progressive than the United States and Europe, like Norway and France and the UK and, I believe, Sweden, mm-hmm. they are backtracking on yeah, their practice. uh, And we haven't. That's something that we we should look at. Are we truly about the mental health of children and young adults? Or is there another issue at work? And I believe there are other issues at work with talking about these gender ideas. You hear people also talk about the dismantling of the norms, the dismantling of the nuclear family, for instance, or cis hetero patriarchy. Mm. And as I explain in the book, true gender ideologues, genuine ones, if they're being honest, um, are coming at this from an ideology. Of Marxism, yeah. that's not trying to find you know conspiracy theory under every rock. It's it's genuinely there, and it is the dismantling of structures and relationships in society that have created norms, decentering them and recentering it with a minority to say this is the standard by which we should all be orienting ourselves around. So we cannot separate this from the political theory that is influencing and driving a lot of these policies. That's not talking about the confused teenager who Mm -hmm. is struggling with identity. It's talking about the machines that we see machines in political activist groups, I would dare say teachers unions, Mm -hmm. if I can just be throwing all the grenades out there, there are a lot of those. And then the big thing, Randy, is the spiritual. We cannot forget Satan hates God. So Satan hates God's image bearers, and he will stop at nothing to convince them that destroying themselves and defying their creator is the path to freedom. Hmm. It is as old as Genesis 3. Hmm. It is just with new terms, new technology, and new effects.
0: Do you think that there is a financial incentive on the parts of some in the medical and psychological field who are reaping, you know, they're they're getting getting paid to uh, transition or to even to be politically active on behalf of the ideology. Uh, is there some, you, you see any financial incentive there? It seems like it's
1: there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. There absolutely is. In fact, there was a leaked video of a hospital administrator talking about these gender affirming surgeries, yep. quote unquote, and she called them big money mm-hmm. because the reality is once you have a gender confused teen, um, once he or she starts puberty blockers, they move on to cross-sex hormones and then progress to surgeries and then all of the maintenance required after those surgeries. And so a hospital or um, a doctor stands to gain quite a lot financially. That's why, by the way, we're keeping an eye on a young woman named Chloe Cole. Chloe Cole is a detransitioner She had a remarkable congressional testimony just a few weeks ago talking about the effects of so-called gender affirming care and how she needed therapy, not surgery. And she is suing her health insurance company. Mm. And I believe that once we see this is no longer profitable, then all of a sudden we're going to see different hospitals and organizations suddenly come up with new standards of care and new theories right now. We have an entire industry that is all aboard the gender-affirming train because it does profit them significantly.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, it just rubs me raw when they call it healthcare. It's right. like it's it's like like calling abortion healthcare. It doesn't do much for mm-hmm. the health of the child in the womb. You know, um, in to me, this is classic deception. You know, oh, this is gender firm. and Yeah, you know, you're the bigot. If you, it's like, yeah, in in confronting this, I mean, it's easy to get just angry. It's easy to just sit on the sidelines. Uh, it's easy to get uh, intimidated by all of the things that that you know. Which is, I mean, your book is helpful, but at the end of the day, can we just know the truth, and and speak the truth in love? and and have an impact do you think because i know for a lot of people their their brains right now are going oh my gosh i I don't know that i can get in this fight but if we Mm -hmm. if we just know god's truth i I mean to me that's that's good enough for the average person do you see there's
1: there's well i think you're right there's two there's kind of two tracks there's our ministry to the individual and that individual uh, at the core, they need to be reconciled to God. Yeah. that's that's yeah. their core yeah. need. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, before we even talk about the the ideas of gender, just recognize, first of all, this is a soul alienated from Christ. Mm-hmm. And also know that there are incredible testimonies of people who were identifying as transgender. And in some cases, they had undergone all the surgeries and treatments and transition methods that other people didn't know mm. that they were transgender. Mm. A remarkable story of a, of a young woman who was serving in boys ministry and living as a man. And after she was saved, the Holy Spirit did what the Holy Spirit does, convicts and causes us to walk not only in the light, but in the truth. Mm. And so the Holy Spirit is faithful he is working in the lives of his children who struggle with gender incongruity even if it is a lifelong thorn in the flesh that they never feel that peace but they still walk in harmony with the body that God gave them out of worship to him so just know these things, as daunting as they are, not impossible. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is not intimidated and He is convicting people to walk in the light and in harmony with how He created them to be. But then the other thing we need to realize too, for the average Christian out there, there is another aspect of this, and we've already talked about it a little bit. It's the socio-political, things like wanting people to put their preferred pronouns on (laughs) their email, Uh, things like uh, uh, insisting that you conform your speech to fit the speech of someone's uh, preferred or stated gender. And in that sense, similar to other areas of our lives as Americans, we need to and we should use the laws that we have to uh, support and uphold what is good. I do not believe Christians or any other person for that matter should be compelled to to forced speech, because so much of this, uh, with the speech, it is not only conformity, but it is acquiescence to an idea. People with wonderful motives have talked about using preferred pronouns. I personally advise against it. I believe that we should not use them. You can use a person's name that they give you, um, but you usually can avoid preferred pronouns. And I believe that is not only... For the good of the other person who might be struggling with gender dysphoria in your church and and needs the clarity of that witness. Mm. But we are we are dealing with a worldview that says I can speak and make it so that by my words, I can create reality by my will and my words. Mm. Well, who can create reality by will and by words? God alone god alone has the has the authority and the ability to speak and make it so so when we are talking about something as controversial as preferred pronouns we are coming at this from a worldview. we cannot check our worldview at the door when we're talking about the real rubber meets the road questions in gender confusion in our in our world today
0: yeah you know there was a a real estate agent recently that spoke uh, out against this uh, school board meeting and the opposition went and found her employer and got her fired so there are are real world consequences to not playing the game but what i'm hearing you say is that if we are going to stand for truth and stand for the truth of god we've got to be willing to to stand up and the consequences let them come and and for a lot of people that's intimidating but is there any other way
1: it's a great question. You know, I think we're seeing though too, Randy, that as the world becomes more aware of these things, just look at the backlash of Target this past May and yeah, June. Yeah. And it's when it's when decent, freedom-loving Americans become aware of something. And it's it's when just normal moms and dads show up to school board meetings and they're just saying, enough. Enough. We're not talking about disrespecting someone or or infringing upon their rights, but we are talking about not allowing our speech, our own liberties, our freedoms, and really our own freedom of conscience to be transgressed because a fraction of a percent has decided that they want everyone else to conform mm-hmm. to their reality. And so I do think that we're going to see some things uh, balance out i i hope but it won't happen if if we just try to check out of this it won't happen because it's it's much of this has continued to flourish because the majority has stayed silent
0: yeah i i had another guest say that polite noncompliance was the way to handle it i'm not playing the game you know but i'm not going to be yes. mean yes mean about precisely. it precisely yeah. So when yeah. You, you say that that you, you're seeing some some hope out there for someone who's, you know, been listening to this conversation and maybe they're dealing with it. Uh, maybe they're dealing with it in their own family or they're in a church and they're mm-hmm. seeing it and they're 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 discouraged. Um, what what is the the hope that you think we can hang on to, hang our hats on and be confident in that that the truth will Prevail. We know it will eventually, but I think for some people mm. they think I don't, know, I don't know my situation. It may not. What what hope yeah. can you offer?
1: One of the greatest stories that I read about, and it's it's in my book, is this young teenage girl who was in a public school in California, and she had very boldly declared that she believed God created humans, male or female, and her public school uh, did not shame her they did not ostracize her instead it was something um far more ideologically seductive they just invited her in to be part of the clubs to be part of hearing the stories of friends and to be accepted and welcomed in and in other words trying to sort of re-educate or re-indoctrinate yeah. her yeah. not long after she identified as transgender well her parents uh wise godly christian parents pulled her out of that school um and, and refocused her life on family relationships, asked her critical questions about why do you feel this way? Why do you think this way? Um, her or Their daughter wanted her to or wanted the parents to give uh, preferred pronouns. And, and the mother just said, you know, then I have to choose between offending you or offending God mm-hmm. and framed all of this um, really theologically. And Within a, about a year or two, I think that girl came back to harmonizing with the gender that fit the body that God created her with. What what I'm hoping you'll hear is that this is not impossible. There are, uh, if you want to call them success stories, mm-hmm. but there are stories of people who are meeting teenagers and young adults where they are grappling with their questions and what i think people might be so surprised to learn is that these are the questions of humanity that are the realm of the christian faith Mm -hmm. who am i why am i here do i matter is there a point to me on this earth and what is the point of all of this life we have the answer to that (laughs) we have that in our hands, and we are offering not only a God who can save from sin, but we are offering a redemption through Christ that is total, including the resurrection of our bodies and the future of embodied humanity. And so we have not only an answer for just the gender ideology, but all of the confusion of what it means to be not only male or female, but human
0: there you go. I mean, there is some Blonde Theology for you. <laughs> you want some more <laughs> b- good theology, go to com, and you can, uh, you can get more of this great insight from Katie McCoy. Katie, thank you very much. I, I appreciate your insight. I mean, this this feels hopeful because it's solid It's and it's truth. I mean, so thank, thank you for that. Anything you want to add before I let you go?
1: So grateful. I hope that uh, people will find that the book helps them, helps them right where they are. And uh, I would love for all of your listeners to read it and then drop me a line about it. Tell me tell me if it has served them and then share it with someone else. Yeah,
0: very good. Yeah, if this is something you're facing, jump into it. To Be a Woman, available right now by Katie McCoy. Uh, and it'll, it'll help you get, really, the bottom line is theological when you think about it. So very good. I uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. Shirley, Diane, Yolanda, Judy, appreciate all you guys uh, watching live. And uh, if you're watching the replay, please follow, subscribe, like, uh, all those fun things. Hit share if you know someone's dealing with this. And we'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.